2: Clinical researchers are intensely interested in finding treatments and lifestyle modifications that may slow down or, eventually, stop the progression of Parkinson's disease. While proof of their effectiveness would require controlled clinical trials, or at least in the case of lifestyle changes, population studies over time, some modifications may be worth trying now. Diet falls into this category. The medical field already knows that healthy foods can have beneficial effects, and there is no harm in eating better before proof emerges that it can slow Parkinson's progression. We have all heard about heart-healthy foods that are low in saturated fats, and about high-fiber foods for gut health. Lately, research has connected the populations of microorganisms in the gut with various health conditions. Dr. John Duda of the Parkinson Center at the Veterans Affairs Medical Center in Philadelphia notes that what you eat is what gut bacteria feed on as well. Dietary changes can affect the mix of microorganisms, and while it is still a developing field, the so-called gut microbiome has been shown to have wide-ranging effects in the body. In this first episode of a two-part interview with Dr. Duda, I asked him why nutrition may be especially important for people with Parkinson's disease.
1: That's a great question. As we try to develop novel therapies that will slow down or stop the progression of Parkinson's disease, many of us are interested in other potential therapies that may do the same thing. We know that exercise may be capable of slowing down the disease progression of Parkinson's disease. As you've discussed with Boss Bloom and others on other podcasts. And many of us feel that nutrition may have a similar role. We don't know for sure if changing what you eat is going to slow down your disease progression, but we do know fairly convincingly that it'll affect the way that you experience Parkinson's disease by changing the symptoms that you have, possibly preventing some symptoms, and overall improving your overall quality of life by decreasing your risk of things like heart disease and stroke, diabetes, hypertension, dementia, and things like that.
2: You advocate a plant-based whole food diet. What do you mean by whole food?
1: The diet that I recommend, it comes out of a lot of research that suggests that The standard American diet, which some people abbreviate S.A.D. uh, for a reason, is loaded with food that's processed. So the American food industry takes a lot of natural whole foods and processes them into meals and and other foods that makes it very convenient. It saves us time and food preparation. But that process of taking those whole foods and changing them changes the nutritional value of them as well. And so what we suspect is that as you take, for example, a whole grain and process it into something like white rice or white flour, you're taking away certain components of that grain that have health benefits, the bran, the fiber, things like that. The idea is to get back to the natural whole foods and start with natural whole grains, whole vegetables, whole nuts, seeds, greens, beans, all of these things, and prepare food. It does take a little longer to prepare a whole food plant-based meal, but we do believe that the phytonutrients, which are nutrients that are found in plants only, will help you in many ways, including possibly helping your Parkinson's disease.
2: You mentioned that it's not certain whether Parkinson's disease can be prevented by eating a whole foods or a good diet. There does seem to be some epidemiological work in terms of environmental factors. Carly Tanner at the University of California, San Francisco, and Bas Bloom in uh, the Netherlands, and Ray Dorsey in Rochester have come out with a lot of stuff about environmental pollutants. But now, since we're talking to an audience of people who already has Parkinson's disease, is there evidence that it can actually help them?
1: That's a great question. I think it is important, a very important distinction to recognize that much of the research we have to date has been focused on the risk of developing Parkinson's disease and nutrition. And it's pretty clear that there are certain foods that decrease your risk of getting Parkinson's disease and certain foods that increase your risk. There's much less evidence, especially equality evidence, on how changing your diet can affect your Parkinson's disease if you already have it. It's obviously a very difficult study to perform to take people who have Parkinson's disease and have them in some sort of blinded way eat some food that other people are not eating over a long term and follow them to see how their disease progresses. So that kind of evidence is clearly not as robust as some of the other epidemiological evidence. There is one study called the Karen Parkinson's disease study, which you can find online from Dr. Lori Mishley, which is a naturalistic prospective study. So she's taking over a thousand people with Parkinson's disease and following them prospectively, meaning into the future. And asking them now, what kinds of things are they doing with their lifestyle and alternative therapies and supplements and things like that, and then seeing how they progress over time. And so some of the evidence from that suggests that the people who eat basically a Mediterranean type diet, which is a whole food plant-based diet, essentially, plus a little bit of seafood, red wine, not as clearly restrictive for all animal products. But that kind of diet does seem to be associated anyway with less symptoms in Parkinson's disease. People with Parkinson's disease can improve, for example, constipation, which is a big problem for a lot of people with Parkinson's disease by changing their diet. People always ask me, as someone who eats a whole food plant-based diet, where do I get my protein? Well, it's very hard not to get enough protein as long as you eat a varied diet, no matter what you eat. So as long as you're not eating the same two food day in and day out, it's hard not to get enough protein. But about 97% of Americans don't get enough fiber. And fiber is crucially important for uh, maintaining good gut health and avoiding constipation. I did a small study A number of years ago where we taught 13 patients with Parkinson's disease how to eat a more whole food plant-based diet and one of the things we saw was a clear reduction in their constipation scores. It was a small enough study that it was only ever published in abstract. I think in my experience it happens routinely that people report having greater frequency of bowel movements and importantly, uh, less trouble in passing a bowel movement if they adopt a whole food plant-based diet and increase fluid consumption as well. There are other symptoms that aren't as clearly well documented to improve in Parkinson's disease, but very likely do. For example, memory function. Obviously, one of the most troublesome and scary symptoms of Parkinson's disease is dementia. And a lot of people want to know from me how to reduce their risk of getting dementia. And it is very clear from other studies that what diet you eat affects your risk of getting dementia. And people eating a Mediterranean diet, and there's other versions like the DASH diet or the MIND diet or a whole food plant-based diet, are significantly less likely to get dementia. And almost certainly whether or not that dementia is coming from Parkinson's disease or not. actually may increase the absorption of your medications. If you have erratic transport through your intestines, your levodopa, for example, may not be absorbed well or the same way with each dose. And so just improving your bowel habits can actually improve your motor symptom response by improving the absorption of levodopa.
2: If I remember correctly, the study that you did that you alluded to was only for about 14 weeks. And you measured people's symptoms and constipation over that time. It seems it's really hard to get people to change their dietary habits in the long term. So it would have been interesting to follow up once they were off study. I'm wondering, is it better to try to get people to make incremental changes or just say, you've moved to the Mediterranean. It's a whole new way of eating. I think possibly people respond differently.
1: That's a great point. I think the motivations and desires that people have vary. And people who study psychology and things like that have looked at this. And it's kind of interesting. Some studies suggest that incremental changes are better. And that's essentially what I try to do in my clinic. In addition to my regular Parkinson's disease clinic, I have something called a brain wellness clinic where we bring in people with Parkinson's disease, and we discuss all of the choices they're making in their lifestyle that we think could potentially affect their brain health. And those include dietary choices, exercise, sleep habits, stress management, and things like that. And each visit, we discuss potential changes. And, and over time, I have seen many, many patients make kind of incremental changes, changing one or two things this visit, and then changing more the next time, and ending up with big changes with you know significant reductions in their weight, being able to come off hypertensive or diabetic drugs and things like that. But there are actually other studies that suggest that if you ask people to do a large number of things all at the same time, they're actually more likely to do A few more than they would have if you only asked them to do a couple. So I think it depends a lot on the person you're talking about. I have some veterans I take care of who are young and really committed to doing anything they can to uh, fight back against Parkinson's disease. And that's kind of the, the theme of the brain wellness clinic where we're empowering people by teaching them how to fight back against Parkinson's disease. And these vets will do anything that I ask them to. And it's really rewarding because they come back with clear health benefits and a sense of, like I said, empowerment and well-being that that comes out, you know, regardless of underlying physiological changes, they just feel better because they feel like they're doing something and, you know, they're sleeping better and getting exercise and everything. So certainly they're going to feel better. Other veterans in my clinic are interested in making some changes, but perhaps not wholesale changes. And I always say that it doesn't do you any good to live to 100 if you're miserable the whole rest of the time you're alive. When people hear about the recommendations that I have for how to live a healthy life, I let them choose which ones to do and which ones not to do. I mean, if you have to eat a hamburger a couple times a week to be happy, well, I want you to be happy. I think the changes that can be made are at least as robust by teaching people to do healthy things in addition to the unhealthy things they do, rather than trying to just make them help them stop doing the unhealthy things. So if you have to eat some things that we know aren't the healthiest, that's okay as long as, you know, some of the other time you're actually eating things that are healthy and and teaching people to eat the healthy things is a big part of of what we do and have success with.
2: Let me ask you about the bacteria in the gut, known as the gut microbiome, these microorganisms. It seems that studies have shown people with Parkinson's disease tend to have a different kind of uh, population of bacteria in their gut from healthier people. Going on a diet, gradually moving to a diet like you advocate. Does this change the gut microbiome? And it seems that not only would it have an effect locally, but now they've connected the gut microbiome even with things like depression and immune system and all sorts of stuff.
1: That's a great question, Dan. The whole field of gut microbiome and other microbiomes in the body has just exploded in the last couple of years now that we have advanced techniques of really identifying what bacteria and other organisms are in these environments, the story with Parkinson's disease is that there, there does seem to be a difference in the gut microbiome of people with Parkinson's disease compared to people without it. And a lot of the changes are actually similar to the changes that we see in a lot of other chronic kind of diet or lifestyle related diseases like diabetes and, and uh Arthritis and things like that. And that is that there are certain bacteria that tend to produce compounds that we think are beneficial to your gut health and to your overall health. And there are certain bacteria that we think are producing compounds that are not beneficial or detrimental to your health. The big difference between these two populations of bacteria, for the most part, is what they eat. And so there are certain bacteria that eat primarily fiber and plant-based residue from your diet, those bacteria end up being the ones that produce the short-chain fatty acids and other compounds that we absorb and help maintain our gut health. The bacteria that produce detrimental compounds in general are eating animal protein and things like that. So, it's really premature to say for sure that changing your diet will affect your Parkinson's disease. But it is pretty clear that people who are eating a standard American diet with high amounts of processed foods and animal products, including dairy, can clearly change the microbiome in their gut within a relatively short period of time, within a couple of weeks for sure. Some people believe within a meal or two. And it makes sense because if you think about it, there are billions of bacteria in your gut and the ones that are getting fed are the ones that are going to thrive and, and multiply. If you are feeding the bacteria that primarily eat dairy products and protein and things like that, they're going to thrive. If you start feeding the ones who eat primarily plant residues and fiber, they're going to start thriving. Sometimes when you change to a whole food plant-based diet or a training diet, there are changes in your gut bacteria that you can feel. You can sometimes feel some GI side effects, including increased flatulence and things like that. But these changes tend to subside over time. And what you're left with is a gut bacteria that we think is is healthier. And it, like you said, is associated with mood state and weight gain and weight loss and the risk of other chronic diseases, including heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, almost anything you can think of. So it's a really fascinating story that we're really just starting to scratch the surface of, but I think it's pretty clear. And one of the best reasons, I think, for people with Parkinson's disease right now to start eating a healthier diet that includes a lot of plant-based sources of food.
2: Little did we know how prescient Grace Slick was in singing White Rabbit, saying, feed your head, it seems like your gut bacteria only eat what you eat. And it has uh, ramifications for possibly neurologic disease and mood and all sorts of things. So,
1: It is a really fascinating field.
2: This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.